added a little flair, but I'm not really anymore. I'm kidding. I'm Danya, and today I'm dressed up as Spider-Man being possessed by Venom. So, I have my mask, my face paint, and my shirt. Hi, I'm Max. I'm dressed up as Thief King Bakora from the Egyptian Ark of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, my handle is General Huxley, and I'm happy to be here. Hi, I'm Sky, and I'm Spider-Man also. Yes, uh, I'm Yama, and well, I'm just representing Mexican culture, okay? Um, also, my uh, YouTube channel is Yama Culture, right? I am the Joker. <laughs> I'm Jose, I'm here to uh, join David here. Diversity and cosplay, and I'm so glad y'all made it. And uh, it's really exciting to to uh, be with people that are inclusive and non-judgmental and appreciate the differences in all of us. Thank you. We're gonna get started. Uh, our main man, uh, Captain America, is here. We're going around uh, talking about our costumes before we get the conversation. Tell us, Greg, about your costume. Hi, Steve Rogers at your service, Captain America. This is in-game Captain America. I got it through white sheep leather and I put a whole bunch of things together. And so you're looking at uh, boots from Harley Davidson and all over as a real conglomeration and a 200 pound magnet to hold the shield to my back. And so, uh, you know, don't let your imagination hold you back. I just, and I spent about a week uh, painting my own helmet to get the right color. So just keep working on it. Would you see what I'm wearing now? It took me two years to put together. Wow. And I'm David, the founder of uh, Avengers Cosplay Houston. I am Darth Maul. I've been waiting uh, since the first movie came out in, in 99, I guess the prequel. Um, I didn't know anything about cosplay, but I went to the second movie, The uh, Phantom Menace, dressed up as, uh, as this guy. And I, need, uh, I only had face paint at that time. Uh, like clown makeup, and, and now I woke up at 5.45 and, and put it on before we came here uh, this morning at around 11. So we're not going to talk specifically about uh, cosplay in the sense of making your own costume, uh, buying it, or just uh, enjoying wearing whatever uh, reminds people of the character. What we're going to talk about is what is it like to be different or to be outside of the mainstream culture or the mainstream uh, race or ethnic group as we try to portray a character. We all had different experiences growing up being bullied or being uh, dismissed as we don't look like the character or the character could not be played by one of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss different issues that come when you decide to portray the character that you love and how people react to it. Uh, who would like to go first uh, describing their experience being whatever character you've been in the past or the one that you are right now? Uh, I know Greg has an interesting story about his background. Do you want to go Jose first? So if you can get close to this mic, uh, and we'll go with him first. Well, I, I'd like to talk about how uh, 
and hopefully somebody can relate to it. So you can't relate to it. Um, you know, people like myself. Uh, I grew up. Uh, I'm an artist at heart, and I grew up uh, very much interested in genre, science fiction, and fantasy, and history, and all those things. And I was very much in my head growing up, that kind of kid that just spends uh, his every day alone reading books, uh, consuming media. This is before the internet, and um, long time ago, right? And so. Uh, you know, your life, that's what your life becomes. I became an artist. I learned to draw from comic books on my own. Learned to draw. I, I, I followed along just before you could go on YouTube, and they have all these lessons. And now, now I'm an artist, and I teach art. But the idea is that um, when, uh, your, your role models become these, these comic book superheroes, right? Those are the people you identify with, and, they, and they're impervious to pain and all that. And as you grow up... Um, you realize that you know you're not impervious to pain, and that there's um, people like you, and there's people like you that have been able to overcome uh, whatever uh, 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 differences they have, issues they have. So there's the bigger culture that sees you as being different. That oh, you're that kid that just reads and and spends time in comic books, and you really don't know how to relate to other people. But um, a funny thing happened later on in my life is that as I became older, I realized that, that you know, I'm not unique. That as, as, as I reach out and I go to communities like this, that there are people like me, and there's millions of people like me. And, and so that also allows me to, to uh, join the larger community um, in accepting who I am and accepting uh, other, in uh, uh, being inclusive and as, as accepting others. So you grow. Again, that, 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 that what began with me drawing alone in my room from those comic books and the characters that I portray now um, has actually helped me become a better person, helps me grow as a person. And so I think often uh, we, we kind of uh, belittle kids and we say like, oh, you know, you need to get out more, you need to go play with your friends and all that. Of course, there's something in that, but there's also a lot of growth you can have from just... Uh, uh, dreaming and imagining and creating and being yourself and understanding yourself and appreciating who you are. So it's about appreciating who you are and that identity that you have and not, not, not feeling like you have to conform with others. So that's what I got from uh, uh, my, my, my youth and what I bring to this experience. Thank you. You, you want to say something? Hi, um, I'm Sky, and I've been cosplaying for about two and a half years. And my challenges in cosplay is I'm a transgender cosplayer, and so you'll find a lot of people that'll be like, "No, you need to be fully transitioned to cosplay a male character," or they'll be like, "No, you should only cosplay as the gender that you are born as." And so there's been a little bit of overcoming with that. But personally, I haven't had really much pushback. But I started off cosplaying in the comfort of my own home. I firmly believe that you can use outlets like social media to work at your own pace with getting comfortable in your cosplay. Like, I wasn't comfortable going to a convention in the early stages because I would get really anxious. 
So I started making cosplays on TikTok and then grew from there and then I worked my way up to conventions. So I think you can start anywhere and you can cosplay whoever you're comfortable as and that there's not really anyone who can tell you who you can and can't cosplay because it's up to you and having fun. My name is Mags. Um, I've been cosplaying for a really long time. I've been going to Comic Palooza since 2010. Um, I was 17. Uh, so I've been doing this about 12 years now. And so I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm comfortable with myself. I, I'd like to do what I do. But one thing I always struggled with is not only am I um, a non-binary uh, LGBT cosplayer, but I'm also a very big person. If you saw me standing, I'm six feet one. I'm also a very big person in size. So that's always a struggle I have because there's a lot of fast fashion right now when it comes to cosplay. I can't go on Amazon, make costumes, easy cosplay. I can't do that because they don't cater to my size. So I have, I feel like I have to work harder. I have to draft patterns that are not built for me but make it work for me. This whole thing made myself. I found a robe pattern that was not for me and I measured it to fit me. It took a lot of time. This took me about two weeks to make and I'm very proud of it. But one thing I constantly struggle other than that is always social media presence. I also uh, got into TikTok during quarantine and I I had fun with it because I was always a theater kid. I like to act when I cosplay. I like to be my character as much as possible, even if I'm being a villain, but I try to be respectful about it. But one thing I always will follow, you will always have people who will say, oh, this character's not fat. This character's not LGBT. This character is blah, blah, blah. But all these people I've learned over the years, they're just faces on the internet. They will say all kinds of nonsense to me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever. You're too fat to be this cosplay. I don't care. Not one person that I've been here since yesterday. I've had three different costumes. My third costume change. No one came up to me and said, you're too fat to be that character. They don't have the guts. They don't realize because they only see this side of me. They don't see that I'm actually a really tall, bulky person in real life. And they're like, oh, wait, I mean, I'm not going to go approach that person. But I'm also really nice. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I like to do what I do. I like to encourage my students. I teach middle school. And so a lot of middle schoolers, those are the young ones who are getting just into anime. And I like to encourage them because sometimes they'll come to me like, I really want to do this, but I don't know how I am. It's like, do it. You don't have to have the wig. You don't have to be, have great makeup. My very first costume was not that great, but I thought I looked cool anyway. It's all about just how you present yourself. If you think you look cool, then you look cool. Don't worry about what anyone else says. Uh, well, um, good afternoon. There we go. Good afternoon. Um, uh, diversity in cosplay. To be honest, I really don't cosplay. I just put on a mask. But thank you. Yes, thank you. Anyway, but uh, when it comes to diversity... Look at everybody here, all right? Uh, what better place than Comic Palooza for actual diversity in 
in uh, cosplaying and everything, right? I mean, just talking about what they said, right? Now, me growing up in Mexico, uh, I used to see if you're an 80s kid, you, you would see the uh, Super Friends, right? But for me, it was always the uh, Super Amigos because I would see it in Spanish. And I would always see the lineup, but there was only always one guy, one guy. And talking about representation, there was one guy I would say, hey, that guy, that guy kind of looks like me. It wasn't Superman. It wasn't Batman. It was not Wonder Woman, okay? It was not Aquaman. And then all of a sudden it was Green Lantern. If you guys remember what Green Lantern looked like, I'm like, he has to, he, that, that dude's my guy. Peter Parker. Peter Parker, brunette, kind of looked like me. I said, that guy looks like me. All right? So talking about diversity and uh, cosplaying, you know, representation, I think, matters. That's why I wear this. You know, it might be very simple, but if you think about it, the iconic Mexican representation now used to be, you know, the, uh, car uh, character, um, the caricature of the big, you know, mustache and the big sombrero or hat or whatever. But now it's this. You go anywhere in the world, you see this. And you know that dude is Mexican, one, and two. He's pro probably going to mess you up somehow. We good? It's strength. It's no more like, oh, look at that. Uh-uh. This is, is representation to all the world, at least for me. And it's interesting that he connected with uh, Green Lantern because uh, I grew up in Mexico too, um, David, and um, I, they added four characters to make it more diverse in the 80s. Hannah Rivera did with the Super Friends. And it was uh, Samurai, uh, El Dorado, Apache, and then uh, Black Bolt. And they were all like super stereotypical. Uh, so we didn't really identify with El Dorado. We identified with Batman, Superman, or Green Lantern. So you grow up with this idea that you're not represented or that you don't exist. Uh, I dressed up as Darth Maul because, again, I wanted to portray him since, since I was younger. And, uh, some characters, like when they're monsters or something like that, it doesn't matter who's uh, portraying them. It's more about the, the what the character's supposed to be. So in fantasy, a lot of the racial and other issues go away. But we've seen lately that people get mad when they bring more diversity into Star Wars or more diversity into the new movies, thinking that uh, somehow uh, they're trying to do tokenism, that they're trying to make everybody happy. But isn't it uh, good to have give a chance to new people. And uh, if, if you really think about it, when people apply for jobs, they shouldn't dismiss you because you're different. They should uh, give you a chance. So there's different ways to look at it. But when I proposed doing a, a diversity panel, I put it on Facebook and somebody attacked me and said, why would you bring up something so politically uh, charged, such as diversity, into having fun dressing up as characters? And I was like, what's wrong with diversity? And this person was saying that diversity meant pushing your agenda on other people and trying to force multiculturalism. And that's not how I see it. I see it as celebrating everyone. And we should all be happy with who we are and, and how unique we are. And if we feel connected with the people we come from, there's nothing wrong with that either. So uh, I'm going to pass it on to my daughter, Dania, and she can tell us about her experience. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so. 
so I am a Latina, like my dad, and so I've been made fun of at my school for being for being some for being light skinned. This a uh, couple of kids have told me that I'm too light skinned to be a Latina, that I'm not a Latina because my skin is too light. And multiple of other times I've been called a I've been called names like a Karen, which is for no reason. They said because my hair was short and I was light skinned that I was a Karen and other names. So I just I think in cosplay you can dress up but sometimes you wear a mask or you wear makeup and people can't see who you really are. So you can really be anybody. You can like change your identity. You can be anybody you want to with cosplay and nobody can tell you what to do because you can look different underneath the mask or underneath the makeup, but nobody else can see. So putting on a costume gives you confidence. Okay, I've been called Karen, and it's usually women who have strong personality that speak up. No, that's that's my take on it. Okay. Also, do I need to hold this? Put it to your face. Don't Just hold it. Okay. So um, I wanted to thank Joker. Um, I, you all are all seniors compared to me. I am a newbie and I'm very excited to be here. Thank you, David, for including me on this panel. Thank you for noticing the bling. So it, I say thank you, Joker, because the whole reason, or I have a son, he's 19. He is the inspiration. He's always loved. He's, been, he's unique um, in that when he was younger, I would have other friends' kids that would be always playing outside. And he never wanted to be out there riding a bicycle or just running with the other boys. And he always was a little bit, I guess, not as mature, but it's who he is and um, I value. And I want to bring that, I guess, make him, let him know that he is loved for who he is. And he is very unique. But um, I, I myself, um, I was born in South Korea and I moved to the United States when I was about seven years old. We moved to New York. I didn't speak any English. And then after about four years, my parents moved us to Georgia. And then I started talking like, you know, kind of country. So you see my face and you wouldn't think, you know, I, I can talk like this with the plane. Anyway, I turned it on and off. And now I'm over here and I'm at this stage in my life where I have almost a 20 year old and I'm rediscovering. So it's an inspiration because you all are so, you know, you. You're more comfortable. I'm nervous being here. This is a, truly like a, my first real big convention. It's exciting. I love people. I was telling David, I can talk about my experiences. I've had my challenges, of course, growing up in a little town where we're the only Korean family. So it was like there was a black African-American population, my family, and then the white. So I was always but it bouncing. And my parents had a business that was only catered towards pretty much African-Americans. So growing up that way, it made me more well-rounded, in my opinion, and I, I can get along, I feel like, with any, but to the point of this cosplay, I'm sorry I'm getting long-winded, even as I was listening to everyone, I found myself challenged because I'm trying to decide who I want to portray when um, anime character, and I was thinking, I'm Korean, 
a lot of anime Japanese culture, you know, the country rules anime. And I found myself trying to look for an anime character that was from South Korea. So it's like, who do I identify with? I'm Asian, so I guess I could play any Japanese anime character. I can put any color wig. So there's so many. And this little young lady, she's a great inspiration. I think, I think it's great. You're um, in school and you're representing yourself. So this is only going to help you. And I thank you so much for letting me be here and your encouragement. And I'm going to try to just have a good time and see where it goes. Thank you. Do I hold this one too? Good afternoon, everybody. Buenas tardes. ¿Cómo están todos? Bien. Okay, people ask me, Captain America speaks Spanish? Yes, this Captain America speaks Spanish. So notice, notice, I'm Captain America. I'm not Captain America de los Estados Unidos de Norte de Norte America. I'm just Captain America, right? So I bring a lot to the character. For me, it was difficult. I'm 58 years old, so I don't listen to those people that tell me, you're too old to wear a costume. I'm not worried about that. So right now, I want everybody in here to look around you. This is America right here. This is America. Clap of hands. I'm serious. This is America. We're not one kind of people. We're a whole bunch of people. And this diversity is what makes us strong because we just do our thing. And so I've been a number of characters. One time I was an anime character and I wore a red wig and I had earrings. And somebody said, oh, I didn't think you did that. And I'm like, what does that mean? I was a character with, uh, his name was Kugaji. I had a great time. Then I'm Captain America and they go, oh, I didn't know you were like that. What does that mean? And so for me, I am a Tai Chi teaching, massage therapist, um, pilot, uh, drafts person. I'm in the Texas State Guard, um, ride a motorcycle, chaps wearing everything, uh, regular guy. And I love what I do, and I don't apologize to anybody, so I'm letting you know you find your way. And so right away when I started, there was no shortage of people to tell me, well, Captain America looks like this, or he acts like this, or he has blonde hair. Doesn't matter. Um, I don't have the photo with me, but I carry around a photo when at my first event here, and I posed with four other Captain Americas, and we represented all the different cultures. But it wasn't about the cultures, it was about us being ourselves. So what I'm saying, I don't have to be 58-year-old Captain America, and the person from another part of the world doesn't have to be a certain, they can just be Captain America, we can just enjoy it. So uh, y'all saw the movie recently, uh, the TV series with Loki? Who saw Loki? How many versions of Loki were there? Were they all called Loki? Yeah. Nobody said, oh, you're girly Loki, you're this. No, it's just Loki, right? And so the negative group, what did they say? They said they're variants. So yeah, God bless us. We're all variants and it's awesome. And so I want everybody to approach this. The way I look at it is through love. And so our job is as ambassadors is to make sure that the people around us that have the courage to dress up 
at 58 years old or four years old or eight years old or put on a wig or don't put on a wig or do whatever to encourage them. So yeah, I heard all that too. I had a guy come up and say, you're too skinny to be Captain America. And I'm like, whatever. And so uh, we do our own thing. And with David, what he and I have done is just, um, he's, he's an amazing guy. We visit children that aren't doing well in the hospital. And so I'll tell you what it's really about for me beyond cosplay is being there for the kids. And so I'll leave you with this. I ask everybody that I meet, all the kids, what is your superpower? So everybody here, think about what your superpower is. Everybody has one, a gift, a talent. Use that, do that for good and make the world a better place. Thank you. Now open it up for questions. Uh, if you feel comfortable, uh, there's a mic in the middle, and you can ask us uh, what what is this like and how to uh, make a difference. Because the other uh, presentation that we give is how to do cosplay for charity. And Greg and I are part of different groups, and we get invited to visit kids in hospitals, shelters, and community organizations. And our goal is to give hope and, and encouragement to those that are struggling. Uh, so think also about what superhero did you like as a kid and why and, and what kind of encouragement they gave you when you saw them on the cartoons or on the movies. Uh, anybody would like to uh, come talk if you don't mind uh, picking up the, the mic, Melinda? Cosplay Houston. Um, we are slowly uh, getting going. There's other organizations that Greg and I are part of, like uh, Cosplay for Kids. And uh, you know, the one thing that we pride ourselves in is that we don't discriminate. Uh, there's one organization that told me, unless everything that you wear is movie quality, we don't want you around. And I was like, not everybody has money laying around, so I thought it was a little uh, ridiculous. And then there's other organizations that. Uh, you know, you have people that, that they just came out of college or they have limited resources. So I know for me also it took me a while to come up with my costumes and it doesn't always have to be super uh, fancy, but as long as you have heart and you're working on it. And like I said, there are different types of uh, cosplay. There's cosplay that you buy, cosplay that you create, and cosplay that you put together with time. Uh, so, but um, I want to hear from Sky and Maggie who have been doing this at different places. Uh, how did you guys get involved with uh, doing cosplay for charity? Well, cosplaying for charity is still a very new thing for me. Um, I mostly got into the hobby because I was always a theater kid and dressing up was something I loved to do. I loved acting a whole lot. And then I kind of like fell into, I like making panels. Uh, that was also around when I started teaching. And I was like, I like to teach in real life as my career, but I also like to teach people more about my hobby, how I make things, how I do things, how do I shrug off the haters and ignore it and keep doing what I do. Uh, I mostly just 
meet up with people. I've been, like I said, I've been going to Comic Palooza since 2010, so after a while I just start to know people. Um, I, I'm part of a group called Not So Super Cosplay. Um, we, we did panels here before, we didn't get approved this time, but we usually run Family Feud, Jeopardy, Snatch Game, Password, and we do this in our own character, and that's kind of like what we like to do. We go to cons all over the place in Texas, and we like to play games with everybody, because we don't take ourselves seriously. It's a hobby to us. We don't make money off of it. We like to make people laugh and just have a good time. And so that's kind of what I do. I haven't really done anything charitable yet, but I like to play games with people and I like to just make somebody's day. Thank you. My start for cosplay and charity was actually during the pandemic. I had been cosplaying on TikTok for a couple months whenever I was approached by a group who wanted to do a My Hero Academia stream for the BLM movement to raise money um, to help people that were impacted by that. And so we did we did the live stream where we were cosplaying My Hero Academia. Oh, sorry. I could not even see that. <laughs> I've got like low vision right now. Um, but we did a charity live stream and it was really cool because some of the voice actors from My Hero Academia actually like tuned in and watched. It was really successful and then a couple months later we got invited to do another charity live stream that was for Pride. And so I did that second one. Other than that, I've just been doing charity with Avengers Cosplay Houston. This is my second event like coming to talk and it's just been a lot of fun. I think it's really cool that you can use your hobbies to help others and to try to inspire others to be themselves. Sorry. Oh, my bad. So I, I know that uh, Yama mentioned that uh, Green Lantern was his hero as a kid. Uh, Jose, do you have uh, a character that inspired you? And in one of our uh, events, we talked about the different types of heroes out there. So you have the savior one, like Spider-Man or Superman, that they're always trying to help someone. And then what was the other one? You have the... Flash for me, the Flash. Flash. Who else? Uh, there's other superheroes that they either have like a, another personality or they struggle with something and they, they're growing as a person. But which one was the one that was an inspiration to you? Well, uh, originally it was Superman because I thought, you know, I, maybe I can be impervious too. But you realize again, as I said earlier, that uh, life deals you all kinds of things that, um, that you're not impervious to. And, uh, but uh, when I was a kid, Flash um, became this hero that had all these issues he had to deal with. Um, uh, matrimonial issues and family issues and um, uh, and and so I, I realized that you could be a superhero and be powerful and uh, but he couldn't run away from his from his problems and if you know anything about the history of comics there's a point where the flash dies he basically uh, it, uh, he sacrifices himself for the universe or the multiverse and so as a kid that inspired me to think about um, you know, uh, it's okay to go through struggles. It's okay to uh, 
to uh, lean on friends and family members. And it's okay to, to share, not, not internalize. Remember before I, was, I internalized everything. Now the flash showed me that, that we all have problems, even if we're superheroes. And I, I think that's one thing I want to get across. Thank you. Uh, really quick about the, uh, the representation and diversity. And I was thinking right now, here, with this clown next to me, if, uh, if we've seen, show hands if you've seen the, uh, the Batman series of the 1960s with Adam West. We all know who the Joker was, right? Sister. Exactly. Uh, Cesar Romero, learn English, Cesar Romero, however you want to say it. But for me, that was really important when they told me, hey, that guy, he's, he's again, I'm going to go back to my nationality, he's Mexican. So when you're in an ocean like this, you kind of want to grasp at something like that, that belongs to you. And then you see that the, the main villain of this iconic guy is actually played by somebody that comes from where you, you're like, Okay, so I actually have something I can look at. I mean, he's the villain, but he's still the main guy. So, again, back to the diversity and representation. If you're, you're grasping stuff, you, you want to be part of it, you can, but you, it helps when it kind of, you know, kind of looks like you a little bit more. And nowadays, you look at the movies, like, uh, like the Miz just said, now you have all these awesome representations and uh, like David said, like this person was telling me, like, you're trying to jam all this down people's throats. It's like, yes, we're not trying to jam it. It's open your mind. There's different cultures that are really excellent all over the world. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, wait, that's an awesome story. What was this? Oh, this was Mayan. Oh, wait a minute. That was excellent. What was that? Babylonian. You know, you start, believe it or not, opening your mind academically. That curiosity, okay? And if you have the opportunity to watch um, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, show hands if you saw it. Yeah, Thor, I saw you sitting down. I gotcha. But, but they have all these gods in this whole place. And me, as a Spanish professor, I'm there and I'm looking, it's like, I know there's going to be some Mesoamerican gods there somewhere. And the leader of us, there's Quetzalcoatl, there's Quetzalcoatl, and there's also Ixmi. That's Mexica and Mayan, and you're like, yes! They got all these other ones, which is really awesome. But again, you're looking for those that kind of represent you or from your origin. I mean, I, I think right now it's really awesome that they're opening it up. Just, men, you know, intellectual curiosity. And the last topic I wanted to cover is uh, bullying. Uh, I know Greg has a story about growing up uh, experiencing that, but for myself, uh, I had a, a weird issue as a kid. I was too tall, and my mom told me that if I ever got into a fight, I would kill somebody. So she put this fear of God in my heart that I, I couldn't defend myself. So the opposite of defending yourself is letting yourself get mistreated. And, uh, but when you watch someone like Batman, you see someone who went through a lot of suffering and then he finds purpose in fighting crime. So the other type of superhero is the crime fighter. You have the savior who breaks into uh, 
a bad situation and gets people out, like Superman or Spider-Man, and then you have the crime fighter who, a lot of them are vigilantes, so in reality they're working against the, the criminal system, but he works in, in uh, connection with them and helps them, uh, and Spider-Man does, does that too. So you get inspired to, to think that not everything is chaos, that you can find a way to be part of the system and help people, and the unfortunate the people who are being mistreated have someone that is their advocate. So I think that instilled in my heart a desire to want to help people. And just like some people help me, I can do that for others. Uh, Greg, would you like to share about your experience? David knows how near and dear to my heart this is. This, uh, the bullying is what put me on the path, what puts me here today, which powers me to dress up and be Captain America for the little kids. Um, my experience was nothing beyond horrific for me. I didn't fit in anywhere, and I was bullied to the point that I refused to go to school at all. And I had to get moved back to the grade below me because I started school a year earlier than most people because of where I lived. And so it was so bad that when I entered seventh grade and I was 11 years old in seventh grade, when I got to ninth grade, just to give you an idea, it was about size for me. It was about size. I know it's hard to tell with this helmet, but also my, my ears stick out a little bit and that's all the kids needed. So when I was in ninth grade, to give you an idea, I was four foot ten and 95 pounds. So, uh, if you can just picture, to me, it's what happens when you see wild animals like dogs circle a dog that's different and they'll just pick at it until they kill it. That's what I was in. And I had wonderful people that would step up. And one of them, his name was Toby, and he was a lineman in high school. And he saw me being picked on in the, highway, in, in the hallway and walked up and said, is there a problem? And that's all I needed. He was my superhero. And I don't have to be physical, but I have to be there. So my mission now is to make sure and approach situations with love. And so picture this. Picture this. A bully needs kindling. A bully needs fuel. A bully needs a target. Well, what if we all take that away from him by being friends to that person he's targeting that is no longer one person that instead of standing there and bringing that person and going fight, fight, fight we go to that person put our arm around that person and now the bully's got two people three people four people to deal with and then before we know it the bully doesn't have fuel and so he'll come to the rest of the group to come in and so I want to be there for those people and so for me Captain America is that opportunity to stand up and to be there and to face those fears and just to be a loving person and and uh, on the other side I talked about Tai Chi I've been teaching martial arts for 36 years and that also was born out of the bullying but it's not about fighting it's about confidence and being there for people so please uh, Everybody do me a favor right now and breathe in, inhale, and exhale.
So we're going to breathe in love, inhale, and then breathe out and just let those anxieties. So it's always going to be people that see us as different, always going to be those people. But again, I learned I don't have to confront the bully, but I can just be there for the person and, and help them. Anyways, thanks. Thank you. We have a little more time. If anybody has any other question or uh, thought about this, uh, again, our uh, organization has been around for about a year and a half. It started around COVID time, and it's very difficult to uh, to visit people uh, when COVID is still out. So some of the hospitals are still uh, not allowing volunteers. So we had the privilege uh, a couple of months ago to go be the first volunteers at Ron McDonald House. And this is some children who are immunocompromised and, um, and, and be there for them. Uh, so go ahead with your question. Well, I don't have a question. My name is David. I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas the first 26 years of my life. Now I've been in Houston for the past 30 years of my life. And so I'm now in Houston, Houstonian. I don't have a question, but I do have a comment. You know, I listen to what you're saying, and I can appreciate it. Just remember one thing, no one can judge you but God himself. So remember that, no one can judge you but God himself. And as far as my hero, it's my mother. As far as comics, it's Wonder Woman. She's a strong woman, reminding my mother. That's all I want to say, just stay strong. So, I don't know if uh, uh, Sky and, and Maggie want to talk about this, but... Uh, Two years ago, I was at Costco, and I was looking at uh, Halloween costumes for my kids, and the only costumes for girls were princesses, and the costumes for boys were all superheroes and fighters and stuff like that. Um, I was a little uh, taken aback. I finally found a, a Wonder Woman in a Supergirl costume, but it felt weird. Like Actually, they weren't just Wonder Woman and, and Supergirl. They were uh, like ballet uh, versions of that with a big uh, furry stuff. So uh, it seems like uh, for women and their representation, there's still uh, little ways to go. What do you guys think? Oh, I, I have had my feelings about that growing up. I was always a Star Wars nerd. It was something I shared with my dad. My dad was into, we had this big collector's edition of Star Wars on VHS. That shows my age right there. And um, I wanted to dress up for Star Wars. I think I was like, 15 years old. I really wanted to do it. I think that was around episode 3 came out. I can't remember. I wanted to be Anakin. And all the girl costumes were non-existent. Star Wars wasn't that big yet for girls to, to dress up as it. It was all boys. And again, I was always a big, stocky kid while growing up. And so that's roughly when I started picking up cosplay. I was like, I can't find this in my size. I can't find anything that, you know, is not for little kids because back then it wasn't as widespread as it is now. So um, definitely now it's been a lot more accessible. Spirit Halloween even sells costumes for anime nowadays. We had to go on the dark reaches of eBay back then. But I, I think we still need to work on that. Like I've seen like versions of Spider-Man for girls and it's like a tutu I'm like mm. but then people judge people who let their daughter you know walk down the street in a, in a boy Spider-Man costume it's like why she wants to be Spider-Man not Spider-Arena that's what she wants to be 
Anyone can be who they want to be, no matter the gender. That's that's my opinion. I'm not dressed up as a male character. You can be whoever you want. Who cares? Danny wants to go next. Go ahead, Danny. Okay, good. Oh. Um, I don't have much on this one. Um, I I don't I don't really have much to say on this one. I think for ninety percent of my Halloween time, I was Captain Jack Sparrow every year. Um, so I never really was into the at all. So I don't know. I do think that they need to have like more independent woman to come and show us her new Iron Man costume. Let me see if she got lost. Or, uh, so my friend Bree, we met her at the Humane Society in uh, Brenham, and she's been saving for the last couple of years to buy uh, like an Iron Man costume that uh, lights up and is um, really like movie quality. So she was going to come this way uh, in the last hour, and we haven't heard from her, but uh, if she comes, uh, she'll come in before four. We still got another fifteen minutes. If anybody else has a comment or a question, we would love to hear from anybody else. Go ahead if you can go to the mic so we can hear you. Because 
So much, and uh, you know, this is a weird comment to make, but uh, when uh, Wonder Woman came out, one of my friends said, I'm not gonna go see that movie, and I said, Why? Because it portrays men as dumb, and I'm like, Well, you haven't even watched the movie, and there are dumb men, but uh, they were saying that Wonder Woman, like a lot of other, like Captain Marvel, that they're married suits, that they're women who people love them for no reason, and, and they have so many powers, so much knowledge, and I'm like, there's tons of male characters like that. Not to hate on a fellow Avenger, but what do you think about Thor? Thor is just, you know, the beautiful guy that flies around, and nobody has a problem with that, but if there's a beautiful woman who has a lot of strength, they feel threatened by it. And that's the same thing, like, they talk about having a black Superman, and people got mad. So people that get mad, they're threatened. They don't like someone else having an opportunity. So I think there's room for everyone, like uh, Greg and everybody else been saying, and that, uh, to each his own. If you don't like it, watch something else. Uh, sometimes they take a character and they destroy it, like the, all the different versions of Batman. You can pick the one you love the most. And I think that's great to have different uh, versions that you can connect to and then different takes on the same character. Anybody else has something to say as we close up? Guys, don't leave me hanging. Uh, well, again, we want to thank you for coming. Again, uh, Avengers uh, Cosplay Houston on Facebook. Please join us. Again, anybody can become a member. Anybody can participate in our events. We might do some fundraisers. We might uh, get going with visiting people at the hospital. Uh, Greg does uh, gathering of uh, presents for kids in hospitals during Christmas. I think that's a great ministry that he does. A lot of these kids, they don't get to see too many people and they don't have the funds to have present so if you can support him in that way look him up too you want to give us your instagram handle and everything sure you can find me on instagram and on facebook at at greg gillich that's uh, g-r-e-g-i-l-l-i-c-h and when he was talking about part of the ministry that i do as i'm a member of the texas state guard we have a toy drive every year and uh, we're able to uh, give the toys to the children in great need, most especially in the hospitals, and the local hospitals. We gave out a, a total of 20000 last year. Thank, thanks again, and please stay in touch. Uh, thank you, Comic Palooza, for doing this. And they want to take a picture of everybody? Okay. So we have our, our photographer who can also uh, help us out, and again, we appreciate all of you.